But this is amazing, you know. The first black president. I know you're biracial, but the first black president. You're proud to be able to say that. The first black president. That is, unless you screw up. And then it's going to be, what's up with the half-white guy who voted for the mulatto? Wanda Sykes, White House Correspondents Association Dinner, May 2009 While many commentators have held forth on the possibility that Barack Obama might be our first post-racial president, and while others have subjected this notion to a perhaps deserved derision, few have been as interested in contemplating another equally likely prospect. Obama would be, and now is, our first post-colonial president. This silence bespeaks the degree to which empire remains a name that is still on many public occasions forbidden to pronounce. And Obama's relationship to the colonial modern is so obvious, yet so hard to hold consistently in view, like the nose on one's face. Barack Hussein Obama has a Swahili first name, a Luo surname, and that notorious middle name. He was born in Hawaii and raised there and in Indonesia. And yet, a crucial percentage of the U.S. voting public actively disattended the transnationalism and postcoloniality of this black name long enough to select him as a national surrogate. But now that American presidentialism has appropriated to itself the black male body that has so long served as its other, how is this interstice between the national and non-national to be navigated? The irony of the first black president being born of a white mother and a black Kenyan father has been pointed out so often that one starts to suspect that said irony is really something else. A point de capitaine, Lacan's term for the anchoring point in discourse by which the signifier stops the otherwise indefinite sliding of signification by embedding it in the real. As in the joke Wanda Sykes told before a gathered press, political and celebrity corps, in which future success will determine whether Obama will have been black, white, or mulatto, a national racial taxonomy acts to gather up the amorphous discourses circulating around Obama's nativity, halting the ceaseless spread of their signification just before they threaten to spill over onto non-national, post-colonial terrain. What could be realer or more arbitrary than these three choices? The subversive power of Sykes's joke lies in the unlikely proposition of success blackening and failure whitening. Within this topsy-turvy comic scenario lies the cultural logic of Sykes's half-serious threat to revoke Obama's firstness, should he disappoint. With this performative, Sykes restages a powerful symbol in black feminist discourse the black woman with the public capacity to name. Is it possible, this essay asks, to articulate this black feminist capacity against the national public discourse it occasions? Might the point de capitaine of black-white mulatto nonetheless tether another discourse that does different justice to Obama's post-colonial trajectory? The Kenyan Father and Obama's Paternal Metaphor to explore this question, we must first account for how the phrase Kenyan father within discussions of Obama's racial heritage is both an explanation and obfuscation. It anchors him to the sign black, but paradoxically, it does so by partially obfuscating the sign Kenya, which is wrested from its context only long enough to explain Obama's racial heritage. 
Stripped of its colonial historicity, the phrase Kenyan father is another point de capitan within an American discourse about race, and possesses little meaningful to link it to the history or future of the Republic of Kenya. It is quite different, for instance, from how the phrase might operate in Kenya itself, where the operative term could as easily be Obama's Luo father, ethnicity being a key factor meaningful to other Kenyans, less meaningful or even interpretable to Americans. The point is both that Kenya as geopolitical sign is polysemic, and this polysemy attaches itself in discrepant, discursive configurations. Erroneously but frequently characterized as an immigrant, even by the 2008 Obama campaign itself, Obama Sr. was first imagined as another of the world's huddled masses, gazing at America, yearning to breathe free. Subsequent revelations of a polygamist, alcoholic, 